0: You are listening to Fun with Dick and Jack, a sports and betting podcast, episode two. Let's get into it. But it's, 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 it's easy to, to, to talk about. It. It's easy to sum it up when you just
1: talk about practice. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about
2: practice. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let him off the hook. Little, little roller up first face. behind the back. It gets through Buckner and No man's
1: winning. Jack, don't touch that.
0: you you don't write checks. How do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash,
2: homie. <laughs> <laughs> What's
0: up?
2: <laughs> that never gets old.
0: This is Fun With Dick and Jack. I am Chris Blake here with my
2: good friend Jack Rieger. Jack, how the hell are you? I'm doing great, man. I could not be better. Uh, we're going into the weekend. We're doing this on a Thursday. I got big plans this weekend, Griff. I got, a. Uh, let's see, tomorrow night I have Theta Formal. Nice. And I'm, uh, I'm a senior, and I'm going with a freshman. Is that bad? Is that um, weird? Uh,
0: no. If she got a
2: basket on her bicycle, she's too young for you, man. <laughs> Yeah, whatever is she, that means. Is she over 18? Yes, and I believe so. And uh, I'm not going to give out her name, but she's very, she's good looking. Um, I asked her what alcohol she wanted. Oh, well, yeah, she drinks alcohol. I think most college students do. She's not 21. But she asked, what kind of alcohol should I get? Or I asked her that, and she said, uh, Grey Goose. What? And my reaction was, do I look like I'm made of money? <laughs> that was the first strike, and I slapped her over text message. <laughs> No, but I, I was a little say, self-conscious about her being pretty young. Say, no, but I can
0: buy you a bottle of UV.
2: Yeah, exactly. When I was a freshman, all I drank was, um, like, the tiny-sized, uh, like, what was, that? what was that, Valleys? We'd go to Valleys and just get the shittiest alcohol well, they had. Because they don't ID. Yeah, I'm not a rich white girl, so I can't, <laughs> I can't afford uh Grey Goose by the pound. So we
0: didn't have an episode last week. It was Thanksgiving. Uh,
2: Jack, how was how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, my Thanksgiving was great, man. Uh, went home to Las Vegas. Uh, I was inappropriately drunk for most of Thanksgiving. Watched football, ate food, took naps, played a little soccer. Uh, it was a good Thanksgiving. How was yours?
0: Mine was good. Um, ate too much. I to uh, have four Thanksgiving dinners every year, but um, that's insane. Yeah, but you know, slept well that night, and there you go. Now we're back here.
2: Absolutely. Finishing
0: out the semester. Yes, almost, sir. Uh, I know, home stretch. Break. Yes sir. That's crazy. All right, man. So uh let's talk about how we did last week.
2: How'd you do yeah. last week on your picks? So on my best five picks against the spread last it was actually two weeks ago, I went two and three. That's a losing record. I know what you're thinking, that's a losing record. But the best gamblers uh in Vegas go about 53%. So I'm okay with that. I don't want any one and fours, and I definitely don't want any zero and fives. I I love my picks this week. I'm not just saying that. I think we both do, but I Uh, really love... And by the way, we don't tell each other our picks, so this is the first time we hear about them, but I love my picks this week. Yep. How'd you do?
0: I went two and two. Um, And you had a push? Yeah. I know two and two doesn't add up to five. Uh, Yeah.
2: You don't have to be a math major to realize that. (laughs) Mm.
0: But the Patriots pushed for me. Uh, They were minus three. They won by three. There you go. so yeah, went two and two. So right now I've got a better winning percentage than you do.
2: That is true. So who is what is the loser gonna get? Have we decided that? Um I feel like
0: the first two what do you want to do? Twenty wins? First to twenty wins gets lunch.
2: Yeah, first to twenty wins gets lunch. First, first to fifty one. wins gets dinner. You know, because yeah. and, one and first 200 wins gets a bottle of Grey Goose. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <That's> ridiculous. <laughs> Who does she think she is? Yes. <laughs> I don't think she's listening to this. She didn't come off as a, as a gambler to me. All right.
0: All right, Jack, go ahead and uh, we're going to start our segment of Mom, please send me cash
2: so I can gamble at the Bonanza.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Jack, go ahead. Let's start with your pick.
2: Okay, so uh, we'll go locks of the week, right? Yeah. So my lock lock. this week, um, you bet on this, you're winning money. I like Carolina minus 7 at New Orleans as an absolute lock. First of all, this line is way too low. Um, The Saints have the worst defense in the league uh, and one of the worst defenses in NFL history. They've lost three straight. They scored just 20 points in their last two weeks combined. Uh, Cam Newton is going to be doing some serious dabbing this weekend. Uh, dabbing is the new sensation on Twitter. I remember when dabbing meant smoking weed. Like I, I remember the first time I smoke I I dabbed. I was at like this stoner guy's house. Uh, I won't say his name, rhymes with Shryan Schroberts. And uh, so he's like, "Hey man, you want to dab some hash oil?" And I was like, "I don't know what that means, but yeah, if it gets me high." And he brings out this blowtorch. <laughs> He's got like a gas mask on and a blowtorch. I was like, "Dude, is this necessary? <laughs> are we uh, are we curing cancer here, or are we dabbing?" So, but now dabbing is means dancing. Like uh, Cam Newton, I, did he start it? I don't know. No, it was probably started on Twitter by some white kid. But uh, but Cam Newton dabs every weekend. He's gonna do like six. I think his over under on dabs this weekend is six. So uh, so it, here's an interesting stat: Carolina is nine and two against the spread this year. Uh, and they're 5-0 and against the spread on the road, which is why our good friend Klein Fielden has won so much money because he's a Panthers fan. He bets with his heart, not with his head. But um, they're 9-2 and against the spread this year. And, I and you know, seven points, that's a gimme. So I like Carolina minus seven big time.
0: What's your final score of that game?
2: I'll go 30-13 Carolina. Uh, I think New Orleans is a terrible franchise. I think Sean Payton and Drew Brees are out of there mm. this year at some point. They're both gone. They're too, too talented to stay at a, a shit organization, so. Wow, and I said shit, bro. <laughs> what is what is your uh, lock this
0: week, Griff? All right, so my lock this week is the Cincinnati Bengals. They're minus nine and a half at Cleveland, and I know that sounds like a lot of points, but Cleveland is nine one and one against the spread this year. They're five and zero as well against the spread on the road. Uh, week eight, they played the Browns. They were minus thirteen when they were at home, and they won that game thirty one to ten. They covered easily. Um, Andy Dalton's having one of the best years of his career, and he's going up against undrafted Austin Davis.
2: Yeah, who's heard him? You know, Austin Davis, I thought he was a NASCAR driver. (laughs) Doesn't he sound like a NASCAR driver? (laughs) Going around the third turn, it's Austin Davis, (laughs) and he wins at Potomac. It honestly sounds like a NASCAR driver. It does.
0: Yeah, so final score of that game, I got Bengals 30, Browns 13. I don't think it's going to be a close one at all.
2: Yeah, I got the same thing. I like Cincinnati minus nine and a half. Uh, you mentioned this to me earlier, but Cincinnati's nine one and one this year against the spread, five and zero on the road against the spread. That's yeah, ridiculous. I, I mean, just, I just said that. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I'm definitely paying attention. <laughs> so I get to bet against Austin Davis. So the Browns' two quarterbacks this week's are a, a NASCAR driver and a drug addict slash functioning alcoholic. <laughs> that is Johnny Manziel. So Johnny boy, yeah, a huge fan. Not really, but Cleveland has lost six in a row now. They're done. Uh, I don't like the Bengals to win the Super Bowl. I don't think they'll win many playoff games, but I love them this this Sunday um, against the Browns. And I love one of the best defenses in the league against a NASCAR driver that is Austin Davis. So, uh, yeah. So I like Cincinnati minus 9.5 as well. Maybe tease that one with Carolina. What's your next pick, Griff?
0: All right, so my next pick is the Chicago Bears. They're minus 7 at home uh, against the lowly 49ers, Blaine Gabbert and the 49ers. Uh, the Bears are 1-4 and four at home, which is never really a good number when you're betting. But the Niners are worse. They're 0-5 on the road, and they've given up 176 points in those five games. So the offense of the Niners is always bad, and the defense seems to only play well at home. I see Jay Cutler having a great game. That team's finally healthy. Alshon Jeffrey isn't on the injury report for the first time this entire year. The Bears blow them out. I got the Bears thirty-three, Niners ten.
2: Wow, Jay Culler, by the way, a fellow diabetic, so I do respect that about him. I think he uh, he shames diabetics everywhere, though. That's my opinion. But uh, so I like uh, my next pick is I like Seattle in a pick 'em at Minnesota, um, a possible playoff matchup. Seattle's officially in playoff mode. I think they entered that two weeks ago. They're finally the Seattle Seahawks that we remember for the past three years. Uh, pretty much all of their games left are must wins. And uh, I think they're at six and five. Their offense is back after a 29-point show two weeks ago and a 39-pointer uh, this past week against a pretty respectable Steelers defense. So their struggling offense is back. Uh, Wilson threw five touchdown passes after he made love to Sierra, uh, his girlfriend. <laughs> uh, Thomas Rawls.
0: He d- he's celibate. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they. So he just celibate. jerks off to her. <laughs> uh,
2: Thomas Rawls is in for Marshawn Lynch. And he seems like a legitimate running back. Twenty-two years old, undrafted. I bet you he's not uh, jerking off. He's he's getting it, but uh, we could say jerking off, right?
0: Say whatever you want. Yeah,
2: my mom's not listening. So uh, Thomas Rawls, (laughs) yeah, don't wash that towel, mom. No, that's too far. (laughs) Thomas Rawls, twenty-two years old, undrafted at a Central Michigan. Really nice player. Uh, I still don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he doesn't look like a starting quarterback in the NFL in any way. He doesn't do well with a pass rush. Seattle is a pretty good defense. So I like Seattle in a pick-em.
0: So I'm going to completely disagree with you. Um...
2: We were talking about this today with Blake
0: White, who's like, hey, bro, I'm going to go bet on the Seahawks, man, to pick em, like. it's a pick
2: them. It's a great Blake White impression. <laughs> That's a, excellent.
0: But I told him, the Vikings, I really like them. Their defense, they don't miss tackles. Um, they're very situational. Teddy Bridgewater is situational, doesn't turn the ball over. He's a mobile quarterback. And they've got the best running back in the league in the backfield. And the fact that they're at home, Seahawks' defense doesn't, usually play as well as on the road as they do at home. That's true. Um, it's not one of my picks, but I definitely probably wouldn't touch that game. And if I were to touch that game, I would probably take the Minnesota Vikings.
2: You're going to be regretting that when the Seattle houses them this week. <laughs> right. But uh, anyway.
0: So my next pick, well, I had the Carolina Panthers. Still do, but you already touched on that and pretty much said everything I wanted to. I got that final score being 38-24. But my next pick is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're 7-7. Right now, Matt Hasselbeck, for the Colts, has found the fountain of youth. Um, Oh, by the way, the Steelers are playing the Colts. So that's why I'm talking about Matt Hasselbeck. So Matt Hasselbeck has found the fountain of youth. The Steelers had a tough loss at the Seahawks last week. Uh, I feel like they come out fired up. As you said, they gave up, what, 39 points?
2: Uh, Seattle, they had uh, yeah, they had 39 against Pittsburgh. So
0: I feel like the Steelers are going to come out. Matt Hasselbeck. Is gonna look forty years old against
2: them on a Sunday night in Pittsburgh. What is he three and zero this year as a starter? Four zero. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna overreact and sign him? <laughs> Probably Cleveland. Yeah. Probably the Redskins. <laughs> They'll have an old man, a NASCAR driver, and an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think the Pittsburgh
0: Steelers. I think their playoff run starts now. Yep. I think they get hot. Um, I see them winning out, at least until the playoffs. I got the final score of that game, Steelers 29, Colts 17.
2: All right. Um, My next pick, I like Denver minus four at San Diego. I'm officially one of the several billion people that has hopped on the uh, Brock Osweiler wagon uh, in the past two weeks. He's good looking, he's 6'8", and he's got a cannon arm, so I'm all in for that. And I think another reason he has a legitimate chance of being a franchise quarterback in the league is because if you look at the NFL today, how quarterbacks get in the league is, uh, you know, they, they come in right away and they play immediately, and that doesn't work most of the time. We look at guys like Luck, who it did work with, but it doesn't always work. You look at some guys like uh, Aaron Rodgers played three years behind Brett Favre, Tom Brady played two years or a year behind Drew Bledsoe, and Philip Rivers played a year behind uh, a few years behind Drew Brees. I think that is the way you bring someone in. I mean, you don't have a college graduate. He may be the smartest kid on earth at a Harvard. You don't plug him in as the CFO of a company right away. You got it. – there is a learning curve with this, and I think when you have a quarterback that takes some time, he learns the nuances, the subtleties, the tricks from the veterans. Uh, he learns those, and, and – Again, the Broncos are 6-3-2 and two against the spread this year. I like that number. San Diego has absolutely zero home field advantage. So I really like the Broncos to win this game. And uh, I think the Chargers are being shipped to Canada as we speak, their entire franchise. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how they still have a, a team. But, um, yeah, I definitely like uh, Denver minus four on the road. Right. What about you, Griff? Who's your next one?
0: So my final pick, I'm going to pull a Klein right now. I'm going to go ahead and bet with You're my you going to
2: shank
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that didn't get that reference, uh, Klein was a kicker for the Bishop Gorman Gales High School team, and he lined up for a. It was it a game winner? It was a, to tie the game. It was a, t- a game tying. Game uh, tying. Yeah. They drove the field, got in field goal range, and Klein, as the time expired,
1: shit his pants.
0: <laughs> <laughs> pulled it far left. So uh, that's so, a nice
1: way of putting it. Yeah. So
0: that's not the Klein I'm pulling. I'm gonna pull the Klein in. That I'm betting with my heart. I'm going to go ahead and bet on the Washington Redskins. Minus four and a half. Did you say Redskins? <laughs> we'll get into the name in a yeah. little bit. But uh, I've got the Redskins at minus four and a half at home against the Cowboys. The Redskins are in first place. They're five and six, which isn't a good record. Um, but I see them winning that division at eight and eight. Wow. Yeah. But the Skins, they're five and one at home. Um, oh, that's surprising. Yeah, they haven't won a game on the road. So the fact that they're at home is a pretty good tell for them. Uh, but the Cowboys are 0-7 without Romo. They will be without Romo as that dude broke his clavicle oh. again. Jesus. Uh, but the Redskins' defense, they're playing out of their mind. Uh, and I hate betting on my team, man, because when they lose, I lose too. But I know. I've got faith in them this week, man. i got the Redskins 24, Cowboys 17. Hail
2: to the Red- so my final pick this is my last pick, right? Yeah, yeah. My final pick. I got Arizona on the road minus five and a half at the St. Louis Rams. I was looking at this game, Griff. Uh, when I was making these picks, these are pretty much the exact same teams, except Arizona has an NFL quarterback on their roster. Uh, And that's worth more than five and a half points. I also like Bruce Arians, who's one of the best coaches in the league, to out-coach and out-scheme Jeff Fisher, who, by the way, is probably the most overrated coach in NFL history. Uh, Everyone has a consensus opinion that, that Jeff Fisher's a good coach. He's gone 500 every year, it seems like. He went to the Super Bowl once like 20 years ago. But he's gone 500 every year. Uh, Some reason, you know, everyone thinks he's a good coach. St. Louis has now lost five straight games, and they have Todd Gurley in an excellent defense. So, uh, you know, I am not a Jeff Fisher fan. I predict he gets fired before uh, before New Year's Day.
0: Wow, you're just you're firing everybody right now.
2: Yeah, I'm like Donald Trump. You fired (laughs) China. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Arizona minus five and a half uh, against the Jeff Fisher Rams. So I love those picks. By the way, so do I. I
0: actually. I gotta admit something to you. I went in and put ten dollars on all five of those. Did you so, really? Uh, yeah, so that's ten bucks to win two twenty. That's not um bad. so if you're listening and uh you got you find ten bucks on the ground outside of the bonanza by chance, <laughs> just walk on in and pick my five teams. Yeah,
2: go ahead and take campus escort up to the Bonanza. I believe they go there. Bonanza's great. I it love is. the sports book there. It's oh, yeah. Pretty it's, comfortable. it's
0: got the real casino feel, just shitty people in there, just smells like smoke and
2: it's one story
0: love it <laughs> yeah gotta <laughs> right. love the Bonanza so that concludes our segment of mom please send cash
2: so I can gamble at the Bonanza <laughs>
0: we, damn we're just giving the
2: Bonanza some shout I know right? they, we, they, we should plug them they should be our sponsor we should they love us there yeah yeah cause I've lost so many <laughs> fucking bets there <laughs> I'm paying the fucking electricity there's two F-bombs in five <laughs> seconds for you. <laughs>
0: So, Jack, I deliberately picked the Redskins as my last pick because we're going to talk Redskins and not necessarily about the football team. We're going to talk about the name. Um, It's taken a lot of heat for being a controversial name, um, sort of like a racial slur, which you can imagine Redskin. I'm sure a lot of Native American people don't like that term. Uh, We've got Stacey Montooth on the line who is the PR person for the Reno Sparks Indian Colony. And uh, so we're going to go ahead and bring her on and ask her a few questions about the name Redskins. Hey, Stacy, can you hear me?
1: I can hear you.
0: Awesome. All right, so I'm sitting here with my friend Jack. Um, he does the podcast with me as well. Hi, Stacy. How
2: are you doing?
1: Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm
0: good.
2: How are you doing?
0: Good, good. So we wanted to give you a call because so we're talking about the name um Redskins. And mm-hmm. so I guess we should start out by you introducing yourself and kind of what you do for the community.
1: Okay. Um, my name is Stacy Montus, and I'm the Public Relations Community Information Officer for the Reno Sparks Indian Colony. I'm the spokesperson for the Reno Sparks Indian Colony, which is a tribe of just over 1,100 members. I'm a Walker River Paiute from Shurs, Nevada. We have a few more thousand members and then you know i'm a native american so i guess just through my indianness i i feel like i can represent my community i speak for the rena sparks indian colony i'm a i'm a vessel in fact because my job is to help shape the message and so based on our leadership that's the message i try to convey
0: all right so um we're just going to get right into it then. So what is your personal opinion on the the name of the Washington team, the Redskins? And kind of does your personal opinion sort of represent the consensus of what the whole community feels? Or I guess I'll let you explain.
1: So as as a Native American person, I personally do not like the term redskins. I think it's, it's, a, it's a racial slur. It is historically used disparagingly to be demeaning to my ancestors, to my family. Now having said that, I come from an ethnic group that has the highest rate of infant mortality of any population in our country. Indian people have the highest rate of unemployment. We have some of the lowest socioeconomic um, statuses in our communities. So if we're talking about my personal opinion, I think there are a lot more topics that I would rather have the greater society, you know, everyday Americans, I would rather have their focus and their attention on that rather than the name of a national league football team in in this country sports are important you know that's something really really valuable to most households i guess as a native person and certainly as a public relations expert i feel that if i can get a dialogue going with someone and it starts out that we're just talking about whether or not the mascot should be if i can can redirect that conversation into other topics. You know, the graduation rates for Native Americans actually in Washoe County, it's 43 percent. You know, one out of two is not graduating from high school. Mm -hmm. To me, that's something that we really, really should be talking about. And again, people like sports. I love sports. Don't get me wrong. But um, it's, it's a way to get the conversation started and I'm not above using that.
2: Hi, Stacy. So my question for you, the thing I'm really curious about is um, the word red skin. When someone says it, uh, how offensive, I-, I mean, how offensive is it? Does it make you cringe when you hear someone say it? Uh, does, does it offend you when we say it to you? Uh, that's what I'm really curious about.
1: That's a really good question. Um, I, don't, I don't ever like it. But certainly my reaction, whether it's visceral or not, can be based on the tone and its presentation just like any word, you know, depending on how someone says it. We want to live in a world where people are, are judged based on the content of the char- their character, not on the color of their skin. And, and I think that fits right with the philosophy, my personal philosophy, which I, I do know is right in keeping with the leadership of the Reno-Sparks Indian Colony. Even within my family, even within the Reno-Sparks Indian Colony You're going to find people who don't have the same opinion about the name of that football team or the name of those baseball teams. Um, You guys are in the media. I'm certain you know that um, I believe his name is Mr. Schneider, the owner of that. Oh, yeah, Dan Schneider. Right. So he is actually um, hosted, very well known, very um, respected. Leaders from various tribes in the country. He's he's had him at, at at his stadium, put him up in his you know suite, and they watch the game from there. He's um, made contributions to some very important, um, very effective programs throughout Indian country. So it's it's one of those things where um, it's it's such a controversial topic that it's. It's not possible to get one point of view.
0: So you bring that up about Dan Snyder and how he's done that for them. I kind of so I felt uh, the same way that you did. Kind of, I am actually a fan of the team. Like that mm-hmm. is my team. Um, oh. I was born and raised a Redskins fan. But I, when you came in and spoke in one of my classes, and I agreed with you, it, it taken out of context, it is it does sound like a racial slur, and I was considering that the team should change it, Um, but the more I looked into it, I found, have you heard of the Carlisle Indian Industrial School that was founded in 1879?
1: Absolutely, I've never heard it referred to as the industrial school, I've heard it referred to as a boarding school, but absolutely, I do know of it.
0: Okay, so that was founded by Richard Pratt, and Mm -hmm. so uh, around that time of 1879, um, that's kind of when football started being played um, by these athletes, um, right. because they weren't—they were kind of like no more wars. They were kind of done battling, so they were—that was the way to express masculinity. Um, so Richard Pratt founded this school, and he would bring Native Americans in, and I guess try and teach them skills uh, to bring back to their specific tribes to, to for these people to be able to communicate with the with the white men that right. came into contact with them. Um, so the more I looked into it and I actually heard, uh, this other podcast I was listening to, they talked about the Carlisle Indians football team, um, Mm -hmm. and how they were actually a really good football team and they were a powerhouse and they were beating up on all these Ivy league schools who were dominating the sport at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they were their like their nickname, their calling card was the Redskins. Um, I'm not really sure if that name was given to them or, if they kind of use that as a calling card. But from what I got out of it is that they use that kind of as a social identity because this school, the motto, I saw this and it made me cringe. um, The motto of the school was kill the Indian, save the man because they were trying to uh, push them into white society. So the football team kind of took on this, this name Redskins and kind of embraced it Uh, to kind of represent their culture, and they they brought that name out on the football field and they played, I I guess, proud of that name. So does that kind of change your opinion at all, or if you already knew that, um, that there is still an NFL team that is called the Redskins? The Redskins actually had training camp in Carlisle, Pennsylvania for, uh, I think it was 37 years. I guess my question is, since there is an NFL team called the Redskins, do you think that... They are kind of, it is a good thing that they're not necessarily a historical documentation of the origins of football, but that Native Americans should not embrace the name, but accept it just because at one time they identified with it and it was kind of their calling card on the football field.
1: I'm always thrilled to hear people who know the, the history of Native Americans with football um, I mentioned before I, I love sports. I actually used to work in college athletics, and I'm very proud. You know, it was my ancestors and families that helped. Um, you know, Pop Warner was a coach yeah. out there at Carlisle, and, yeah. and they invented the forward pass. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been some amazing work done. I believe it was uh, Sally Jenkins wrote a book uh, yeah. Giving natives credit for revolutionizing football, so I am very proud, and I think most Native people are really proud of the ties that our ancestors have with this game. That is just absolutely, you know, football Sundays, college Saturdays. It's just a phenomenon in in our culture. Having said that, I I just want to add a few details to the to the story that you told me. You mentioned um, Richard Pratt. Mm-hmm. He did. He was the founder of Carlisle, um, and I mentioned that I'd never heard it called industrial. I'd, I've always heard of it referred to as a boarding school. Mm-hmm. And, um, in fact, Mr. Pratt had a military background, so I've heard him always called by his military title captain. Mm-hmm. When you say he brought the students in, in fact... In 2015, what was done would be called kidnapping. Yeah. Students were taken from their families. In fact, that happened right down the street. Um, I mentioned I'm a Walker River Paiute. My, my grandmother is going to be 90 in two weeks. When she was five years old, federal representatives from the government, police officers, took her from her family and made her go to school in, at Stewart in Carson City, really? and that happened to thousands of Native people, not just in the Great Basin, but but all over. It all happened because of this huge deception. You mentioned the motto, "Kill the Indian, save the man." That was the federal government's plan. I also should tell you that I've I've read pe- personal testimonies from students who did go to Carlisle and they reflect and they think that you know Captain Richard Pratt was just the greatest thing to ever happen to them. You know there were native students who were involved with that football program that thought it was the greatest thing that happened to them. So I bet that if they could answer us today they would be be happy, be thrilled with the name of that Washington DC football team. Having said that, um, you know, you can probably talk to to people, to pro- talk to men who played for Bobby Knight, <laughs> yeah. you know, and they think he's the second coming. And then you talk to another guy that was three seats down on the bench who has a totally different perspective.
2: Yeah, Stacey. Um, first of all, that's a that's a great point, and I think you also brought up an interesting point earlier when you said that there are other. Uh, Native American names in sports. I mean you have the Kansas City Chiefs, the Cleveland Indians, the Chicago Blackhawks, the mm-hmm. Atlanta Braves. So my question for you is why is it that the Redskins name is different? Why does that receive the media attention and why is the outrage directed towards uh, that name?
1: I think because it, ref- it, it it directly describes skin color. Oh, interesting. Um, so uh, personally, I think that the, um, that I'm not sure if I would call them a logo or the, you know, the, the the actual drawings. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, um, I don't think it's used anymore, but up there in Cleveland, they used to have a, I would call it a character. Yeah, their mascot. Right. Yeah. And do you remember what his name was?
0: Uh, I do not. I no, I don't. My head. It's a good sports trivia question,
1: though. They call him Chief Wahoo.
0: <laughs> Wahoo. W h o o.
1: Yeah, like a wow. big dummy. You know, he's a, he's a Wahoo. Um, he had the massive, massive nose. You know, it it it, it just it's it's it, it's insulting. And so, um, your original question, I do think that. Um, Redskins is the most inflammatory because it 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 does mention the color of the skin. You mentioned that you're a a, a skins fan. Mm-hmm. How different would your life be if they were called the Washington Wizards?
0: It wouldn't. I would still love the team no matter what. But I, I see I see your point in that the emblem doesn't really affect me, but At the same time, I do support them. I do have Redskins gear that does say the word on it, and Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to wear that to work because it it may offend people that come in. Sure. Um, But I do wear it out, um, but I don't necessarily really think of that. It's not in the back of my mind. Like, if I see a Native American person walking around, I'm not going to think, oh, no, I have a Redskins jersey on.
1: Right, right. Again it's just such a great topic to open up, you know, conversation that could just lead to, to, you know, better understanding and Mm -hmm. uh, in a better world. So, you know, I appreciate what you have to say.
0: Absolutely. And I appreciate you calling in. Um, I think that's all the questions that we, that we have. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to give us a call.
1: Absolutely. If you have any other topics you want to talk about or, you know, just, uh, I don't know, Break down the offensive strategy for the Wolfpack. <laughs> Give me a right. call, okay? All Thanks, right. Stacy. That Thanks, was really guys.
2: interesting. Thank you so much.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, Bye.
0: This is fun with Dick and Jack on Christmas Blake. That is Jack Rieger, and uh, we just got off the phone with Stacy Montooth, and she she had some pretty uh, some pretty interesting points. I I really thought that was a good interview. I like how she. Uh, she said she doesn't necessarily endorse the name. Um, yeah, she's very much against it. I, very much against it. But also she said there are other issues yeah. that she would prefer to focus on. So if she uses that kind of as a soapbox to promote these other issues, then all the better.
2: Did you know she didn't say the name once? Yeah. She didn't say the word Redskin once. And, and I, I think that's a huge indicator of what it means it
0: to It is. And I, I found myself kind of feeling awkward. Yeah, me too. When <laughs> I would say the name. like I know. I would I I would give a second thought to it. All right, so
2: uh on the top of the of the Redskins, how do you think they'll uh, I know you're a Redskins fan griff, but objectively, how do you think they'll do this year as an underdog?
0: If dude, if Kirk Cousins I, I they definitely win the division. I think they are the best team in that division all around, most sound. Um, wow,
2: that's saying a lot. That's what I'm <laughs>
0: saying. But if they get in, they got home field advantage, like I said before, they're 5 and 1 at home they can make some noise as an underdog i don't know ah speak
2: of oh, underdog
0: Yeah, speaking oh yeah, of underdogs jack wrote a column this week in the sagebrush on mm-hmm. how underdogs are overrated what was your headline jack uh
2: the headline was america loves david history loves goliath that's a great headline that's a good uh, that's a good headline i'll i'll say that right now that's a damn good headline jack but, uh, tell me
0: tell me what your uh, tell me the article what, what all was all right it so about? yeah
2: i wrote a column about underdogs and pretty much how they are completely Overhyped in the United States, um, and you know everyone loves underdogs. I think the opening line was America's addicted to three things: alcohol, football, and underdogs. Um, but the point is, you know, underdogs don't do anything in leagues. Leagues are dominated by a few teams. So, you know, I was thinking about the Carolina Panthers before I wrote this article, and uh, we have a roommate, Clive Fielden, who, who we've talked about, who loves who loves the Panthers, and he's he couldn't be more psyched that they're eleven and zero, uh, and every Every idiot in the sports media for the past two weeks has been gargling on Carolina's nutsack. <laughs> uh, should i should say for the past two months. And, you know, they're already proclaiming they're a lock for the Super Bowl. They're 11-0. Cam Newton's an MVP. Let's relax here for a second. Think about this. For the, la- the last seven teams that have started 11-0, and only two have won the Super Bowl. It is indicative of nothing. Uh, the 2011 Packers started 11-0, and they lost in the first round of the Giants. It means nothing. Um... You know, the Panthers kind of remind me of the Houston Rockets in the NBA. I, they have one star who uh, dances more than he does anything else. He dabs more than he does anything else. He's got to cook noodles every time he makes a shot. Um, th- their franchise has very little history besides a Super Bowl they lost 15 years ago. Uh, you know, so there's a theory in sports, right, that any team can win a championship in any given year. And it's not true at all. Uh, it's what fans like to believe. Let's look at every sports movie that's been made for the past 30 years. Uh, Hoosiers, Cinderella Man, Rudy, Rocky, Bad News Bears. They're movies for a reason. Underdogs are not relevant in sports. Leagues are dominated by a few powerhouses. Um, just like you know, business, industries are dominated by a few huge companies. Can a young company come up and make noise? Yes, but it's never long-term. Um, and they and usually get bought out. And they usually, yeah, that's a great point. They usually get bought out. Um, so let's look at NCAA basketball, for example. Um, four teams have won 15 of the last cha- 25 NCAA championships. College basketball has been dominated by four teams: UConn, Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky. Those teams, you can put money on it, are winning year to year. College football is the same way. Alabama, USC, LSU, Ohio State, and Florida have won 11 of the last 16 national championships. The last mid-major school to win an NCAA championship in football, Griff. Do you know who it was? I don't. BYU, 1984. Wow, it doesn't happen. Same thing in college basketball. UNLV was the last one to win a, a mid-major school. Mm-hmm. Underdogs are not relevant in college sports. Turns out they're not relevant in major in uh, professional sports. The NBA especially has been dominated by nine teams um, for the last 32 years. Nine teams have won the last 32 championships, uh, and and even more interesting. LeBron, Kobe, Tim Duncan, and Dwayne Waite have been in every final since 1999. If you don't have one of those—and now the Warriors, are, are, to me, are a power. Like, they will become one of those teams. Absolutely. If you don't have one of those guys, including Steph, I mean, forget about it. The NFL's the same. You know, it's not quite as dominant in the NFL, I'll admit. But I like two teams to win the Super Bowl this year. That's it. The New England Patriots, who are going to win the Super Bowl. And the Seattle Seahawks have an outs- a pretty good chance, an outsider's chance. Really? That's that's all I'll give credit to. You know why? Because And also the Steelers and Packers are a tier below, and the Panthers. But what it comes down to in the NFL are two things. Who's your coach? The Pats have Belichick. The Seahawks have um, Pete Carroll. You have to have a great coach because you have to be good situationally. You have to be good in the red zone. You have to be good on third down. Um, and you have to be good with turnovers or you don't have a chance, and you have to have a quarterback. And I do think uh, Cam Newton's a nice quarterback. I n- am not buying into the hype that he's the MVP or he's the best quarterback in the league. We don't know much about Cam, to be honest. Think about this. What is the biggest game Cam Newton has played in? I think it was last year. Auburn. Yeah, college. a championship game. Also, last year he played a divisional game against Seattle. Uh, they were knocking on the door at the end of the game. He threw a pick six. So we don't okay. know enough about Cam Newton right now. If he plays well um, in close games, if he's a clutch quarterback, that, those are – I mean, just think about this. Two years ago, we thought Colin Kaepernick was a top five quarterback in the league. Yeah. Now we he's have to a be job. careful, careful well, to buy into people's stock. Colin Kaepernick was paid $18 million a year. He's a scrub. I mean, it can happen very quickly. Let's be careful to buy into the Panthers' stock, um, you know, like I said America loves David history loves Goliath sports are dominated by a few teams right now uh and i in and, and on the the subject of coaches in carolina ron rivera seems like a nice coach we don't know how he is in in playoffs we don't know you know he hasn't played in a lot of big games we don't know how he is in big game and that's big like when bill belichick didn't call a timeout in that super bowl when the when the seahawks were on the one yard line Everyone questions it and and and, and you know uh, freaks out, but it was the right thing to do. It ends up forcing Seattle to play faster. So, Ron Rivera is going to be in one of those spots this year, and we'll see if he pulls through and if he and Cam Newton can pull through. But I don't like their chances. I I much rather like Seattle. So, right now the Carolina Panthers' odds to win the Super Bowl are five and a half to one. I am offering Klein Fielden right now ten to one odds. Wow. I will. So if I put down ten dollars, Klein will win a hundred if they win the Super Bowl. Wow, that's how confident I am. And Klein, if you're listening, um, take me on that bet because the Panthers are not winning the Super Bowl. Well, he probably will. Yeah. Well, it's ten bucks. I know. I, honestly, I I would too if I were him in that situation. Ten to one's a nice payoff, but that's how confident I am in that. So wow, that's my thing. I, so, I think uh, underdogs are overrated.
0: So so since we're on the topic of. Um, these odds and these future bets. Uh, Give me your best future bet right now that you could go to the casino, put money down that is decent odds and that you think has
2: a decent shot. My favorite value future pick right now, my favorite future pick, is the Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl at 18-1. to Wow. I... (laughs) Who are they competing with in that division? Anyone? What is it? The Rams, the Cardinals. Oh, the Cardinals. So they, they're they going to be a wild card team. Mm-hmm. But I trust their coaching. I trust their quarterback. I trust their defense. 18-1 to to win the Super Bowl. Not they were bad. a play away last year. I like that a lot. And, you know, if you want to be a little bit safer, 7-1 to to win the NFC. I like that, too. So mine is, mine is Seattle. Um, go ahead and take a campus escort down to the Bonanza and throw 10 <laughs> bones on it. What, what about you, Griff? <laughs>
0: So I got the Denver Broncos. Um, they're ten to one to win the Super Bowl. A little better odds than the Seahawks, but I think they got a better chance. There's a reason why they're ten to one. They're a scary team with Brock Osweiler. Uh, their defense, plus their running game, which looks like it's rebirth. C.J. Anderson looks like he's running the ball back to the way he was at the end of last year. Plus Gary Kubiak mm-hmm. and his offense of the rollout quarterback. With the mobile QB now that doesn't that can't move in Peyton Manning, now they have Osweiler to run the game. I think they have a really good chance at the Super Bowl, and I might go put twenty bucks on the Broncos. At uh, what are they ten to one? Ten to one. That's not bad. So if if I'm Kubiak right now, Peyton Manning's healthy, Brock Osweiler's healthy. I am not letting Peyton Manning touch the ball. Absolutely not. I will let Peyton Manning be on my sideline as a great mentor. He's going to be a coach one day, I think. Peyton, if of any
2: player right now in the NFL, I think Peyton Manning is a coach. Yeah, and I think I saw that the Broncos said they're going to have Peyton Manning, or they're going to have Osweiler start every game for the regular season. Really? I think I saw that today. Yeah. On well, good. Yeah. So that makes me
0: want to go through. Yeah, just even more. That. There yeah. you
1: go.
2: So uh let's get into our next segment. Uh where'd he go to college, right? That's our next one. Yeah. So last week I went
0: one and two. Uh one and one? Oh yeah, sorry. One and one we do two players. So I went one and one. Jack stumped me. I went two and oh. Who'd you
2: stump me on? Uh Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles. Um who went to Texas. Texas. Yeah. What was the other? Oh, Devontae Freeman. Yeah. Went to to and three. you
0: went uh, two and zero, right? Yeah, I went two and zero. I gave you a couple softballs, but yeah, I gave you some hard ones this week, Jack. All well, right, let's hear it. One of them's easy, fairly, okay. and one of them, he's on your favorite team, but I don't think you know. He's on the Packers. You might know. Yeah. Oh shit. It's the Packers? This will be team. embarrassing if I don't get. Okay. <laughs>
2: All
0: right. So my first one. It's not
2: James Starks, is it? You ready for the first yeah. one? Okay. It's
0: not James Starks. Okay. My first one is Rob Gronkowski.
2: Oh, he went to the University of Arizona. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and Actually, you know that guy fact, got laid a lot.
0: <laughs> fun fact, one of my good buddies, he went to the U of A, and he was in a fraternity that the the legend, the myth, mythical story that they tell is that Rob Gronkowski was at one of their parties, and one of their big frat guys punched Rob Gronkowski right in the face and broke his nose. No way. Yep, that's the legend. But... You can take that with a grain of salt Yeah, I don't believe that. With all, at all. these frat stories, that's a, uh, that's you heard, game heard
2: game ATO game. invented beer pong, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. No, that's that true. That's true. <laughs> all right. I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction to this one. He's the first overall pick in the 1996 NBA draft. What? The defensive player of the year in college. He also hit a woman in the back of the head with a chair at a bowling alley. He's Allen Iverson. Where did he go to college? He didn't go to college. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Are Griff. you sure? I'm a hundred percent sure. He was the defensive player of the year in college. AI.
0: Damn. My mind's on football right now. Are you giving me basketball?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I, th- I thought I'd throw a wild card. Um, there. what conference? Big East. Smart school. John Thompson.
0: I have no idea. Where'd he go? Georgetown. Really? Yeah, apparently. Actually, no, you know what? I kn- I knew that. Yeah, Because apparently- Dylan Kaufman, one of my good friends, he's a Georgetown fan, and he's a big AI fan. I knew yeah. that.
2: He went one year, right? Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but apparently you can hit a woman in the back of the head with a chair and still win Defensive Player of the Year. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Ray Lewis killed a man. Yeah, that, no, that's actually true. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right, so my next one uh, is another football one.
2: Okay. James Jones. Oh my, you're kidding. I was going to, um, I was actually going to look this up because I was thinking of ones and I couldn't remember where he went. All right, let's see if I can jog my brain here. James Jones. I want to think like somewhere. Oh, shit. Not a big school? No. Is it in Florida somewhere? No. Is it in Ohio? No. Is it in Texas? West Coast. Oh, San Jose State. That a boy. Let's go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. That was hard. <laughs> good okay. man, good man. All right. My second pick for you, he's a football player.
0: Okay.
2: He was a second round pick. I don't have the year here. He won a Fiesta Bowl over Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So there's a little help. Oh. He's currently on the Montreal Alouettes. Chad Ochocinco, or Chad Johnson. I had no idea about this one, so I don't blame you at all if you don't get it. <laughs>
0: Jack, I know. you're giving me people that aren't even in the NFL anymore. Okay, right, but Chad, this this guy was like an all-pro yeah, 6 yeah, yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. Chad Johnson. He wasn't Ocho Cinco at the time. No, he was uh he was still, just Johnson. Still Johnson. Chad Johnson. Yeah, he was Johnson at the time.
2: Um I'll give you a hint. Nevada plays them in basketball. Soon. Oregon State? Yep. Oregon State. Wow. That's surprising. Yeah. I would have never guessed that. I know. Apparently he went to like a junior college and then he went to Didn't
0: State. another – oh, Oklahoma State puts Des, out all the – Dez. Dude, Dez, yeah. Justin Blackman. Yeah. Uh, who else? Who else am I
2: missing? I don't know. But I was shocked to see Oregon State for Chad Cinco johnson Wow. Well, but, uh, yeah. So there you go. So what would you go? One for two? Mm, you got Oregon yeah. State. I yeah, went, yeah. I went two for two again?
0: Well, I, I did – yeah. God. I'm Next good. week, dude, I'm going to give you somebody. I'm smart as hell. I'm going to give you a retired yeah. fucking <laughs> left guard. Played in the 60s. Yeah, exactly.
2: Austin Davis would have stuck. Where did he go? Anyone Southern know? Miss. Southern Miss. Yeah, actually. Okay. Look, oh, we're far huh? I looked
0: that up today. Right. Just because he was undrafted. Yeah. So that concludes our segment of where did that guy go to college? Jack, you beat me again. You're what?
2: Four for four? Yep, four and oh now. Right. No surprise there. What
0: am I? One and three. No, I got... got Oh, no, you're two and two.
2: That's right. You got one last week. Two
0: and two, dog. I'm making a comeback. Next week's going to be super tough for Mr. Jack Rieger. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's mine to lose. So this has been Fun with Dick and Jack. I'm Chris Blake with Jack Rieger. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you're feeling lucky, go ahead and go down to the Bonanza Casino and put some of our bets
2: in. Absolutely. And uh pray for me this weekend at the Theta Formal. Yeah. I know those are typically rough. <laughs> um I saw like the pregame starts at five thirty. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's when I'm usually eating lunch. So I <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: wanna give a big thanks to Stacey Montooth uh for calling in. Really good interview with her. She Absolutely. took time out of her day to talk with us. Um follow us on Twitter, fun with D and J. I said fun with Dick and Jack last time, but it's not it. So it's at Fun with DJ. Um, you can check us out on our website, funwithdickandjack.wix.com. Backslash Fun with DJ. Uh, it's been fun, guys. We'll see you next week.